0: Here we go, Draft Knicks. Here we go. Welcome to another edition of Draft 412 podcast. My name is Joe412, and I will be your host for the next 30 minutes. Before we begin, I want to thank our sponsor, iHeartRadio, where you can find all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts all for free all of the time and welcome back our editor-in-chief john toth jt how you doing this evening you feeling any better you got that cold that's going around
1: yeah i do man i'm i'm still struggling with it but i'm gonna get through this we'll get through this man tight end tight ends are an important uh, function in the nfl nowadays so very very
0: very in vogue to have yourself a nice pass catching tight end that can stretch the field down the seam and that's what we're talking about tonight top 10 tight ends in the 2024 draft um in my opinion This is a draft that is dominated in the same way the receivers were dominated by one player that's the best at the position and maybe the best since Kyle Pitts came out three years ago, Uh, and that's Brock Bowers, tight end from Georgia. This guy has all the tools you're looking for. He's got speed. He's got size. He's got hands he can block. He's tenacious. He's all over the field. He's a presence. People have to account for him in a way that uh, they don't have to account for typical tight ends where you get someone who's – a Better pass blocker than he is a pass catcher or better pass catcher than he is a pass blocker. Brock Bowers can do it all. And this is a guy that is not going to sneak into the top 10, would be a disappointment if he didn't go in the top 10, and could be as high as a top five. But, you know, I know you've been watching Bowers for the last two years, JT. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, this guy, Joe, this guy's a
1: matchup nightmare. You You can't put a linebacker on him, that's for sure. And um, most most safeties have trouble with him too. He's 6'4, 240, but he plays like it's hard to explain how this kid plays. He plays like a wide receiver that has a little bit of chipping blocking ability. He's not gonna, he's not gonna be a guy you want to bring in on you know third and one, like a like a, like how Washington is in Pittsburgh or anything like that. But he can he can block when he needs to. Um, he really has no negative things, if anything, if a bigger linebacker does get up on on him on the line press press coverage might might hold him back a tad but i still would take my chances with him. um i actually believe he's better than kyle pitts i mean i know kyle pitts is, when he came out was what i think a number seven pick um i think brock bowers is definitely um you, you could even see it in george's offense when he left they still win but uh they're missing a lot with that uh bowers the bowers should go Depending on what the team's needs are at the beginning of this draft, I mean, he could easily, like you said, top five would not be an issue with me. You could have two, maybe two quarterbacks, Harrison, him, and Attack will go in the top five. And I think that would be, um, I think that would be a prudent top five if I was, if I was picking up her. But, um, he had 51 catches for 661 yards this year, nine games. He's been hurt on and off. I think a lot of his injuries he could have played through. I think the one now, uh, he's at that point. Now, why, why play the guy? Um, you know, I mean, if I was Brock Bowers, like he knows where he is right now. Don't pull, don't pull the uh, the, you know, I wouldn't over go overboard
0: right now. You're a guaranteed top 10 pick in this draft, yeah. I think that there's a couple of things to be said about the way he's handled his injuries, too. He did have surgery on his ankle and uh, he came back. I mean, a few years ago, there was a, one of the Bose brothers bowed out in mid midseason, didn't come back because he knew he was going to be a top five pick, top three pick. Um, and you know we've seen the McCaffreys of the world start the the trend of people opting out, and this is a guy that's already won two national championships. I mean, he doesn't need a third ring, and yet he came back in games where they could have won without him and played anyway. And I and we'll, who knows, he may forego, um, you know, the 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 playoffs, assuming that Georgia beats Alabama this uh, this coming weekend. But he just seems like a player that won't, uh, and and we'll see what happens there. I'm, I'm really interested in. To your point, I mean, you know, 10 years ago, and if you had set a tight end in the top 10, people have sh- would have shaken their head. But with the dominance of the position from Gronkowski down to Kelsey, even the Kittles of the world, the people that we're seeing impact games, these are primary first-look receivers these days. And Brock Bowers is positioned to be that guy, the next guy doing that. Uh, and I'm excited to see what team he lands on next season. But, I mean, if he
1: if he goes to a team with a couple decent receivers, I'm, I'm I'm talking just decent receivers, and you line him up, you know, you spread him out as like a third receiver. I mean, have fun with that. Um, he, like I said, the matchup nightmares are going to be if the team a team gets a smart offensive coordinator that knows how to how to use their receivers and how to use Brock Bowers, it's going to be a weapon that um they should cash in on right
0: away. So next on the list and this list, the two to 10, there's a couple of guys in there that could have come out at two. I know that we ranked Jatavion Sanders from, from Texas, and he doesn't get the fanfare that a Brock Bowers gets, but this is a kid that's really put up numbers this year and also has impressed. Uh, And Texas has had a great season, not just because of him. They've got a great squad down there finally. And uh, you know, and they've started to put it together, but this is, I think one of these guys that could also uh, be impactful. He's, He's not going to get that that same fanfare as I mentioned that Brock Bowers is uh, but on of the of the remaining list he's clearly number two and if Brock Bowers wasn't on this list he would be number one.
1: Yeah definitely after we get past Sanders here we're gonna have a lot of guys that are um it, it seems like it's like in every draft that third fourth round fifth round the tight ends just get blunked together you don't know who you're going to get who's going to come out of that but he had a really good year last year in 22 he had uh, 54 catches last year. 613 yards, five touchdowns. And that was just when Texas's offense started uh, coming together. This year, he's taken a little bit of a step back. He's only got 31 catches, but still putting up uh, over 500 yards. Um, he has great hands. He's a route runner. He's more or less a um, a possession-type tight end, a guy that you want to use down in the red zone. A guy that, you know, on third and eight, he'll be, he'll be a guy that goes nine yards, you hit him. Uh, he doesn't really, he lacks the big playability they're going to get with Bowers. I mean, Bowers could take a, you know, we didn't even talk about Brock Bowers can take handoffs and score. He has five rushing touchdowns in, this touchdown in his career with Georgia, which is insane as a tight end. But he, he's not going to give you the big playability. He's blocking ain't the greatest either. For a, season. he's only six four two forty nine. He's basically going to be that guy that uh, you want as your second or third tight end on a team that you come in and uh, just use him 50, 60 catches a year, and he'll, he'll uh, move the chains
0: for you all season
1: long. You
0: no. Know, our- our number three guy on this list is my sleeper, uh, Brevin Span Ford from Minnesota, and and I say that with all due respect. The guy clearly has talent, and everybody knows about him. I mean, scouts know about him, coaches know about him, the opposing, opposing teams know about him, uh, but you know you don't hear a lot about him. And it's in, in part he's playing on a, on a team that's on the you know the 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 bottom half or the middle tier of the Big Ten. Uh, He doesn't get – he's not on TV like Jatavion Sanders is. He's not on TV like Brock Bowers is. But this is a kid that really impresses, a big-bodied guy, good hands, smooth route runner, Uh, is somebody that I think, you know, if you got him in the second or third round, uh, more than likely a third-round guy. But, you know, this is a guy that I think, uh, you know, fans of the team he goes to is going to love right out of the gate. What what can you tell us about uh, Brevin Spanford?
1: Yeah, I think this is where you see a bunch of uh, tight ends go in the third run. Like, this is where the run on tight ends will start. He's 6'7", 268, and honestly, besides Brock Bowers, he might be the second most um, athletic tight end uh, in the first round. There might be one other guy deeper in this draft that um, has the athletic ability, but Brevin Spann, is, he's, he's twitchy for a big guy, too. He's a guy that he can, he can beat you off the line, not by just running straight ahead. He's got moves. Um, and it's funny, too, the first four guys we talk about today, the blocking is – not really a skill set so you can tell the nfl is changing that these guys are um basically pass catchers number one uh and like you talked about before um the old days you know the tight ends that get drafted in the first round they did get drafted in the first round they were guys that could block you know you use them in a run game it's just a whole different nfl now Uh six seven he's a contested catcher he can you know he throw the ball up he's a guy that has a big catch radius he'll go up and get the ball um i like him too i think i actually struggled um ranking Sanders and, uh, span I think, um, me I mean, you talk about it all the time. And I know I posted in my, a lot of my profiles, a good combine by span Ford could, um, could move him into that number two spot.
0: Yeah. I don't think that's out of the question. I think that he clearly has the talent. Uh, and I think, you know, some teams will spot him at the right kind of postseason practice and workout and fall in love with the guy. And he's a guy that, uh, You know, can can I I think really impact the team next year? You know, he'll be he he could step right in and play. I mean, tight ends have a it takes some time to adjust to the 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 NFL game, Uh, but this is a guy I think that plays in an NFL uh, friendly system uh, and should be able to adjust in the same way that those Steeler fans here, you know, saw Pat Fryman adjust adjusting in year one. So, we move to number four, Mr. Bell, Mr. Bell from. Uh, from Florida State, Florida State's having one heck of a season. Unfortunately, the loss of their quarterback yep. jeopardizes their position for the um, for the playoffs here. And it's strange to say that you've got a tight end that's smaller than one of the, la- I mean, the some of the receivers down there. And like Johnny Wilson, got six foot seven, but you know, you, you've got a tight end here at four, which really intrigues. Uh, I'm not sure he's had the season that everybody thought he was going to have uh, or could have, uh, but the team's done so well, it's hard to argue against his usage there. What do you think of Mr. Bell from FSU?
1: Well, we got to see him against Pitt um, at short it, it made some plays. They used him in different ways. They line him up all over the field for one thing. Um, they, they line up in the backfield sometimes. They line him up uh, slot receiver, H-back kind of guy. Um, th- what I like about him really is the fact that he reminds me so much of Evan Ingram. Um, like, honestly, even when we were watching that game that day, like Evan Ingram's just a guy that makes plays. Not going to be the biggest guy, not going to be the fastest guy, but going to be a playmaker. His numbers have taken a hit this year because they have, let's face it, Florida State's got five or six um, NFL-talented uh, players from Keon Coleman, Travis, ben, uh, Trey Benson, uh, Johnny Wilson. So numbers took a little bit of a hit this year. He's very versatile. Like I say, you can line him up everywhere. Um, he, has, he has the after-catch ability, too. He's the kind of guy you can swing a pass to and he can make something of it. So he's almost got like a running back feel in a tight end body kind of thing um and he's gonna be another guy that's gonna be like a, a gimmicky weapon for a team but if a team uses him the right way um fantasy owners and that will will appreciate Jaheen Bell because he will make some plays yeah and
0: I think that uh, he's another guy that you know at a combine at a postseason at a pro day at you know a tryout this is a guy that's gonna win. people are gonna say well yeah if he wasn't on the team with so many weapons he would have." He would have been featured a little bit more, and I think we'll see that happen to him. And as we round out our top five, we've got another guy that um, is—it's almost standard issue. I know we're, we're going to talk about Luke Lachey a little later at, at Iowa, but you know, Ohio State does a good job alongside a lot of those Big Ten schools of churning out tight ends. And here we we, we come to Cade Stover. What can you tell everybody about Cade Stover and his uh, prospects for the NFL? Well,
1: Cade Stover is six um, four, two fifty five. He's the first tight end on this list that excels. Excels at blocking. Um, that's something that you always get from Ohio State or Michigan tight ends. So it's, a, it's like basically a guarantee that this guy is going to be able to block. Um, he's athletic, he's tough to tackle. He's, he's a big bulldozing type tight end, not going to do anything deep down the field. Um, but he's another guy that he's going to block for you, he's going to get catches for you. Um, consider him like a 40 to 50 catch guy a season and a guy that helps out your run game. Um, He's had some drops issues um and he's had he's actually had some trouble with the press coverage too, just getting off the line with press, but I think a lot of that has to do with the stall of offense how the state is and and a lot of times the guys are blitzing the way they're coming in on him and that but he doesn't line up he lines up on the line i'd say ninety percent of the time, where the other three guy four guys we talked about are more flexible versatile so he's less versatile, but he's a guy that's going to block for you and be a guy that um if you're a run first team,
0: which I know there ain't many in the NFL, but he's going to be to help you out. Yeah, you know, I think he's one of those guys, too, that is sneaky good. Yeah, uh, you know, Ohio State's another one of those teams that just have weapons all over the place. And, you know, if he gets into the right offensive scheme uh, with a little bit of seasoning, I mean, he just needs to get a little NFL experience. I think he already plays in an offense that, you know, I, I think. Um, you know, will allow him to, to adjust to the NFL well. Uh, and he's got, uh, even though you don't see it as much, he's got the hands that are re- required in the yeah. NFL, uh, some soft hands there. And like you said, the blocking stuff, you could never have uh, enough blocking tight ends as, as we, we've seen, even here in Pittsburgh, yeah. um, you know, with the, uh, with uh, the most recent draft of Washington, but even going back to Gentry and, and some others, these guys can really help in the run game. So, Hey, look, so we're sliding to the, the back half of the top 10 here, and this is where it gets a little cloudy. But this yeah. is another guy that I think is sneaky good, and Bryson Nesbitt from uh, North Carolina. This is an, a, another player we saw live at Acresure, um, a guy who did well uh, the last couple of years, and coupled with you know his chemistry with Drake May, I think, has, has surprised and really put him on the list in front of some others tell us a little bit about your, your evaluation of Bryson Nesbitt and where you think he may go in this coming draft.
1: Got Nesbitt a little bit higher than I thought I was going to when I was going through, but looking at the, um, some of the game tapes and that he's, he's playing with an NFL quarterback right now. Um, Drake may, and he's playing, he's playing well. he was there. He was their number one target until, um, Des Walker, um, came on as a, um, he came on late as a, um, transfer. They let him start playing later in the season. He's a phenomenal receiver in North Carolina but he still has 41 catches um almost 600 yards five touchdowns um the good thing about him is his hands and he can catch a 8 yard pass and go 30 40 yards with it he's very good yards after catch he becomes a running back his problem though is besides blocking is the fact that he's a tweener he's 6 foot 5 and he's only 235 pounds so he's going to have to um going to have to figure out a team's going to have to figure out how do they want to use him i mean uh 6'5, 235 he's gonna have to at least try to add on 10 15 pounds of a muscle get himself a little bigger he's he's a scrawny six foot five for a tight end so but he's shown that he can play in a in an nfl style offense with an nfl style quarterback so i think a team will look at that and give him a give him a look in the fourth or fifth round
0: yeah i i, I don't disagree i think he's gonna have to do some stuff in the gym between now and uh, the draft, but, you know, putting on weights easier than cutting weight. And, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, if he's, he does it the right way in the gym, adding muscle, I think that'll help him when he gets to the, when he gets to the league. Definitely. Number seven on here is a guy that no one sees, but just keeps racking up numbers. Uh, it's it's Kansas state's Ben Sinod. Um What are your thoughts on him? I've seen him obviously on, on film and I see him in highlights. Got a guy that continues to impress, but I think it's because he's tucked away you know, in that Kansas State, uh you know, the the, the Big Twelve kind of uh, thing. People don't get to see him a lot until they get the bowl games, until they get to uh, the playoffs, or, t- or until they get somewhere where they're they're, they're you know they're, they're they're competing for things. And so, I think he gets lost in the mosh and, and gets pushed down a little bit. But here's another guy that wouldn't surprise me if he goes four or five off the board, not in the first round, but. You know, out of the out of the top uh, 10 tight ends, I could see him climbing a little bit here. Tell us a little bit about Ben Sinat. Yeah, these next two guys on the list, Sinat, and then we're going to do uh, Jared
1: Wiley next to TCU. They, they're they pretty much the same kind of tight ends, a little different styles, but the way they play the game, they're both very hard players. This guy, uh, has he runs precise routes, good blocker, he's got hands, he's a seam stretcher. He basically is the, the total tight end, the total package. Um, little bit of draw problems that was earlier on in his career, and he's a guy that has trouble. He's he's a man on he's a loves he loves man to man. If you put man to man on him, he'll he'll get open. He'll have separation. He's, he he tends to struggle to find the open spots in the defense, and that, a lot of that has to do with K State's the, the the kind of offense they run to. A, a quicker style offense. But he, he's putting up phenomenal numbers: forty nine catches, six hundred and seventy six yards, six touchdowns. Every time I do watch a K State game or or watch film of it, he's always making big plays for them. And, um, I, I agree with you. He could definitely be we have him number seven. If he went the four or five range in tight ends, i'd have I'd have no issue
0: with that. Yeah, I don't think anybody would be surprised there might be some that are surprised because of the school name. It doesn't get the same fanfare that Ohio State does or <laughs> or Florida State, but these guys,, I mean, he's a real player. And you mentioned Jared Wiley, so let's just skip down to number eight. Here's another guy. TCU uh-huh. um, obviously has plenty of experience. Uh, another playmaking type of guy that doesn't get a lot of TV time, but when you get him at a pro day or a tryout or a combine style event, I think just the, you know, his physicality and athleticism is going to put him in a category where folks are going to say, well, if I don't get the tight end, I want, I can, this is a nice little complimentary piece that I can add to myself uh, a little bit later on. Tell us a little bit about your, your thoughts on Jared Wiley.
1: Yeah. He's six seven two sixty. He's another one at uh, a phenomenal blocker. And he likes to block as much as he can. He's a second-level guy. He'll hit, he'll hit the defensive end, the edge rusher, and go out and hit a linebacker on the second level. Uh, very good blocker. Um, Yards after catch, he's a big guy. he had have trouble bringing him down. His problem is speed. He ain't going to burn you. He's not going to be um a seam stretcher like some of the other guys. Uh, so he is limited outside the the hash marks. He, he ain't going to do much for you outside there. But I think you can live with that with his – um uh the way he sets up in zones and his blocking and now he's 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 another guy that would be a great uh pick in the fourth fifth round and if he does go a little earlier um he's another another combine guy i mean he does something in the combine he see a six seven two sixty guy uh put up something his speed is a little his game speed's bad, but you don't know if it's gonna be a little better once um once he gets timed in the uh in the combine
0: yeah and this is the one that it look i hate to say this number nine it took us nine to get to an Iowa tight end. <clears throat> uh, you know, have we not learned that Iowa uh, just puts tight ends in the league? Last year with Sam Laporta, over the last few years, you've had guys like Kittle and others just – I mean, it. it uh, at one point, I think every team in the league is going to have an Iowa tight end. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Luke and what, what do you think his chances are in the league? Well, Luke
1: Lachey, I actually – brought him up i was thinking about holding him out he has a really good chance of coming back to school um he only played um i want to say seven games this year um he had a right ankle surgery the end of this season this year so he's a guy that's 6'6 253 um got strength got good hands um blocking is a little rough um his speed and agility aren't the greatest but he's he's had great numbers last year um, I know he's on the NFL the, the radars of all, all kinds of te- all the teams, so I still think he has a chance of getting drafted. But um, I'm sure he'll do his due diligence. If the uh, the surgery is going to push him down in that sixth, seventh round, I would not be shocked um, to see him come back. And let's not forget, you mentioned Iowa; they have Eric All too there, that ex-Michigan guy. So they're a team that had a couple of tight ends this year.
0: So um, I would not be have shocked a couple to of tight that. ends. <laughs> <laughs> They do, man. It's crazy. No offense. I mean, you just go through the list. I mean, it's just – they're everywhere, everywhere. So we've come to the top, the last of the top ten. And this one I'm not sure many people have seen. You've got Dallin Hooker from Colorado State. This is a guy that is a transfer from BYU. uh, And it just puts up numbers. And even though he's playing for the Rams, um, you know, this is a guy that impresses on tape. because This is a guy that impresses in games uh, but just doesn't get the – the, the notoriety some of these other guys get because of the teams that they're on. Tell us a little bit about uh, uh, Holker here.
1: Holker actually probably has, the, has 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 had the most productive year of a tight end, um, other than Bowers. And Bowers got hurt, of course. But he has 64 catches, 767 yards, six touchdowns. Um, the guy's a relentless blocker. He, he's a small guy too. He's six. He's six five. He's only two thirty five. Another two thirty five guy. Now but he's a relentless blocker. He, he loves the block. He's a guy that he, – uh, he's mean about it. He loves it. He's the kind of guy that an NFL team's going to love him right away. He's a chain mover. He's a guy that – um ain't going to beat you down the seam, but if you need 10 yards, he knows to go 11. He'll catch the ball. Um, he, he's, he's honestly the highest riser of any of the tight ends in the class. He's um, He's been putting up numbers this season. Um, he lost a couple seasons. He's a little bit older, too. He lost a couple years. He did the missionary thing. Uh for BYU. So he missed missed a couple seasons there. So he's a little bit older. But I think to a point a team might, might like that. He's a guy that um can, can do what you need to do. Not gonna beat you speed. Um not an over-the-shoulder kind of guy. He's a kind of guy that comes back well to the quarterback. He likes to score up to the quarterback, not a guy that's gonna beat you down the sideline. But honestly, if, if you get Dylan Hooker in the fifth or sixth round, that's a um that's a phenomenal pick.
0: So we're coming to the end of our analysis on the top 10 tight ends and when we get here we always talk about guys we left off the list or or maybe sleepers. Uh I'll start it out and and mention a couple of names, but I want to get your opinion. I mean look this is a draft Mm 4-1-2. So I want to talk about Gavin Bartholomew and and some of those Penn State tight ends. Uh Bartholomew clearly could benefit from coming back another season, whether he plays at Pitt or not, Mm -hmm. uh is you know to be determined it looks like in the last uh, week or so since players have been naming themselves to going to the portal or staying with their teams you know I think you know Bartholomew may be waiting to see who that that offensive coordinator is before he he names that but this this is a guy to me that has the right size right attitude soft hands good speed nice athleticism could press you down the seam could press you at that the, the deepest levels of the defense but just hasn't been used right and when you read about him there's a lot of Fanfare. People that really, really love him, or there's people that really think that he's not as good as everybody else thinks he is. You know, does does he benefit from coming back uh, a year and playing either at pin or somewhere else, depending on the system? Or is this a guy that's like, look, he's really sneaky good, and if he shows up, you know, at at the right place and has a nice pro day, teams are going to put him on the list somewhere. He's going to wind up in the league and play for ten years. I mean, what are your thoughts on Gavin Bartholomew? First
1: off, I think he's better off coming back. I, I, I'm not saying even the pit, but go to an offense that's going to use him the right way. Um, And that goes for a couple of pit players we've mentioned before. Um, Is he a guy that could come to the combine and sneak into a, a top 10 like this? I, I think for sure. I think the guy's got enough athletic ability. Um, his hands, like you talked about, he makes hard catches down the seam, um, catches everything. Um blocking has improved a little bit. It's, it's still not there, but it's it's right up there with the, the top five we talked about, like his overall game. Um he's gotta come back to school though. like whether it be pit or, or whether it, it not be, I, I honestly don't think it's gonna be pit. I think I wouldn't be I'd be shocked if he um if he comes back to pit. I know we saw Brandon George, we saw about five or six pit players hit that transfer portal. And I'm waiting for his name. I think he does enter the transfer portal. That's my that's my opinion.
0: Well, look, JT. Thanks again for another uh, you know well earned break uh, after putting together this list. I know you've had a rough week with a little bit no, of a hey. cold there, and so okay. you know I think our, our our viewers and listeners tonight appreciate you sticking it out and you know gutting it through and, and playing injured. So big thanks for you for doing that, and again to our sponsor iHeartRadio, uh, where you can find all your favorite music, radio, yeah. and podcasts all for free. And remember, while Draft412 may be off the air, we are always on the clock for you. Thanks again, JT. Thank you.